Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to the Fully Submitted with Brother Mike podcast. This is your host, Brother Mike Dillard. How is everybody today? You know God is good. We got to give him the praise. Let's see what time. It's 11.54 at night in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm walking around my house, which is mostly dark. But I got to give him the praise. I got to give him the glory. Why? Because God is faithful. Mm. Oh, I can tell it's going to be a good one tonight. It's going to be a good one tonight. Y'all know I don't know what's going to come up. I don't know what we're going to be talking about from one time to the next. But as it comes up, it comes up. So we're going to get into this. All right. So this is a live and dynamic podcast. For mature believers, what does live and dynamic mean? That means that wherever the message comes up, that's where I'm putting it down. Wherever I get it, man, that's where I spit it. So let's hit it. We're going to do this. Tonight's topic, we're going to talk about something that's very important in the lives of every mature believer. Now, now I'm saying important, but it's, it's probably not what you think it is. Okay, but this subject is so vital. It's so important. And and whether you are a mature Christian or a baby Christian or you just wandered in here and you wasn't really sure what this was about and you're not a Christian at all. Hey, even you, this message is for all of you (laughs) and it's for me, too. All right. So listen, the title of this episode is. The. The most important question that you have not asked. That's it. Now, I'm from New Jersey. New Jersey, most of them say, they say, ax. I worked hard on my accent, so I say, ask. Yes, yes. So, (laughs) the most important question that you have not asked. That's the title of this. This 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 episode. So you're probably thinking like, well, what what is the most important question that we have not asked? Hmm. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. So. What I want to do is kind of paint a picture here. We're going to paint a picture here. Okay. some of you have heard this story before. Some of you have not. And it's not my story. It's the story of the devil, okay? Now, look, the devil was in heaven. His name was Lucifer. He was a beautiful archangel, right? But sin was found in him, and he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like the Most High, and he convinced a third of the angelic host to follow him. Somehow they got it in their head that they as created beings could take on and overthrow the Lord, the most high God who has never been created, who created everything. But somehow they thought that they were going to beat Jesus and father. And Holy Spirit. Somehow they thought this. And of course we know what happened. They they got defeated. 
right? Judgment was cast upon them. At a set time, they're all going to be thrown into hell. Some angels are there. Some angels are chained up in the lowest region of hell right now. But, but Satan is not one of them. Okay. Some people think that he's already in chains. He is not in chains. Okay. I assure you, Satan is not in chains. People think Satan is in hell right now. Satan is not in hell right now. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's a very active force in the world right now today. All right. I think, and I think most of us can agree on that, but, but I digress. So listen to this. We know Satan got kicked out of heaven, right? And we also know that he was here on the planet, right? To influence the serpent, right? Which deceived Eve and she ate the apple. So we, we see this. We see this. He was up there. Then he's down here, right? And he deceived our, our first parents, so to speak. He deceived Adam and Eve, right? right? Adam told God, you know, the, Satan, the, the, the serpent deceived us and we ate, right? They ate. The serpent deceived them. The devil used his natural language. Jesus said, that 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 Satan's Satan's natural language is lies, right? The devil he he speaks lies. He's speaking his native tongue. That is what he speaks. That is what he does. He always lies. Satan's entire kingdom, if you will, is set up on a few basic principles. Which now that we talk about it, if you look. After this message, you look on the world, you're going to be able to see it very clearly, okay? And maybe you could see it before, but maybe you couldn't, okay? But um, my hope is that after you listen to this podcast, things will make more sense in the world, all right? So Satan wanted to be God, tried to beat God, right? Got booted out, right? Him and the fallen angels, the third of the angelic host that followed him, they got the boot. Okay? They got the boot. They came down here. They want to be God. They want to be worshipped. They know that they only have a set amount of time. Right? They're eternal beings, but now they're on a time clock. They ain't never been on a time clock before. Now they're on a time clock that's ticking down to when they are actually going to get put in hell. When everything's done, said and done, right? And, and this is why the Bible says the devil is mad because he knows his time is growing short. He's getting, he's mad. But I digress, okay? They're down here. They want to set themselves up as God's. On this plane of existence, in this world, they're superior to humans. Angels are superior, you know, as far as strength and speed and intellect and things of that nature. They're superior. OK, they are. Right. We see in the Bible where one angel wiped out like one hundred and eighty five thousand people like angels are no joke. OK, <laughs> whether they're 
God's angels or Satan's angels, as they're now called, right? Because they left the Lord. They followed Satan. They're Satan's angels. They're fallen angels. But guess what? They still have power. And I always make this distinction. A demon is not a fallen angel. And Okay? A fallen angel is a fallen angel. A demon is a demon. It's something totally different, right? Right? Demons are disembodied spirits. They they don't they have power to affect the flesh, but they need a body, right? They 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 want to possess somebody's body, right? They don't have a body. See, a fallen angel is not like that. They have a body. <laughs> they have power, right? They they can do stuff. It's it's just it's way different. So anyway, you have Satan and you have his band of fallen angels. They want to control the whole world. How do you do that? How do you control the whole world? Well, first of all, they don't, these people don't even know that they're there. They don't even understand the forces that are at work against them. So they put certain, Satan put certain things in place, right? To control everybody. What did he put in place? Well, one of the things he put in place is violence, right? There's murder. There's violence, right? There's division, right? Oh, white people are better than black people. Oh, the white people are better than the Asian people, right? They're, they're, you know, one particular group of people for whatever reason, seems, and it's not everybody, right? But they have a greater, God, how can you say? They seem to have a greater propensity to, to believing that they're better or, or, or more deserving, you know, of, of conquest and the spoils and, and, and the good life, you know, than, than other people of color for whatever reason. And the reason is why? Because the devil put that in play. <laughs> he put it in play, right? So there's division, right? Somebody thinks they're better. They can go and conquer somebody else. They can go and take or kill from somebody else. And they feel no compunction about it whatsoever. Why? Because they believe that they're entitled. Why? Satan, Satan set it up. Satan set it up. And you know what else he also set up? Fear. Now, it's not just that Satan set these things up, but as a consequence of Adam and Eve sinning by being disobedient and eating the fruit that God said to not eat, right? Sin entered the world. So sin entered the world, right? There's there's the curse of disobedience. Right. So all of these things came in and Satan is making the most of it. Right. And he's using these things as tools to control the nations. Oh, there's hunger. There's famine. Oh, there's sickness. Oh, there's there's anger and there's murder. There's separation and there's fear. Right. Let's talk about fear. See, fear is one of the greatest tools that Satan uses to control the masses. Hey, we can look in today's age right now and we can see that the media 
uses the government also uses this same tactic, right? They use fear. They use fear in the news, fear in the media. They use fear to whip people into a state of panic, into a state of fear. When you're afraid, you're confused, right? You're, you're hesitant. You're going to doubt yourself, right? You, you're not making the same boss moves that you would normally make if you're operating in fear. So Satan loves to use fear. Right. You get an idea about something good that you want to do and what looms up inside of you. Fear. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if they would like me. Oh, what if I fail? Oh, what if they don't like me? Oh, what if I don't get the job? All of these thoughts of fear, 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 fear. Where is the fear coming from? Do you notice that in the Bible? When the angels would show up, they always said, fear not. They always said, fear not. Right? Because they knew the people were going to be afraid. Fear not. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right? But a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Let me see. I believe that is 1 Timothy 5, 7. Or is it 2 Timothy? Uh, no. I got to do I got to do some homework. Second Timothy one seven for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. OK, so here we go. So we're talking about fear. Things come up in your life. And we fear now I say you, but I'm saying we because I, I, I go through it, too. Right. You know, these thoughts come up. These feelings come up about fear and whatever it is, a relationship, starting a new job or the, the Lord told you to do X, Y and Z. Your heart is fearful. Oh, oh, we sit up and we stress. We lose sleep about it. We bite our fingernails. We do whatever we do when we're feeling afraid, anxiety, all and worry. All of that stems from fear and stress. Right. Science has talked about all the different negative effects of stress on the human body. Right. A large portion of that stress comes from fear. There's conscious fears and then there are fears that are hidden. They're embedded in your heart. You may not even constantly be thinking about it, but it's always working. Fear, 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 generating doubt, fear generating worry, fear, generating uh, anxiety, fear, generating stress. And guess what? You know where anger comes from also? A lot of times anger comes from fear. Anger is usually a byproduct of something. Either it usually stems from hurt or fear, right? Hurt or fear, right? Anger comes out of that. So fear produces many, many traits that are desirable to Satan in humans, non-Christians and especially Christians. Something happened today to me. I was. Uh, oh, 
I've been saying like the Lord has really, really been blessing me. I mean, he's helping me make these big contracts. I mean, stuff all over the world. Very, very, very big moves. Very big moves. He's been letting me know it's time. The blessing is here. I'm exalting your horn, all of this stuff. And I'm excited. And me and the Holy Ghost are just, man, we're just rolling with it. Ah, I love it. We're doing it. We're getting the stuff done. It's great. I love it, right? This is why everything is going. But then when it's all slowed down. See, during the week, I'm just running a thousand miles an hour, right? But on Saturday, I make myself slow down. I'm like, no, no, no. Just stop and be quiet. And this is why God told us to have a Sabbath, right? I don't get caught up on whether the Sabbath is Saturday or Sunday. Even Jesus talked about that, right? Don't allow yourself to get caught up in those, you know, those foolish arguments about that, right? Take a day. <laughs> Give the Lord a day. It don't got to be Saturday. It doesn't have to be Sunday. If you want to take your Sabbath on a Monday, then take it on a Monday. I know some people are going to be are going to find offense with this, but I would just redirect you to the New Testament. Jesus talked about it point blank. Mm, it's in there. Or it was either Jesus or it was Paul, but it is in there. Okay, anyway. So today as I'm being quiet, I'm just sitting on the steps. I think I had just got done doing my confessions over all of, uh, you know, my Deuteronomy 28 blessings. And then, you know, calling out those things that be not as though they were into existence. All the sticky notes that are on my wall. The strategies that the Lord has given to me, right? I'm doing those things. And then just a fearful, some fearful thoughts popped up, right? And I know they weren't mine because I know how I think. So when a thought pops up, see the devil, you have to remember how he works, okay? The Bible talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. See, now, mature Christians, y'all should notice, we should notice, but there's a lot of mature Christians that don't understand this stuff. So I have to come on and explain this, okay? So when the Bible talks about the fiery darts, you know, with our shield of faith, you can extinguish the fiery darts of the wicked one. These fiery darts, I mean, they really are. They're like arrows, okay? The enemy shoots these things at a, at a person. And when they hit you, you don't feel pain per se. But what happens is you get a thought. A thought registers in your mind. Okay. And, you know, the devil is not stupid. You know, these angels are not stupid. The demons that work for say, I mean, they understand how people work. So when you get hit with one of these arrows, these fiery darts, what registers in your heart and in your mind is a thought. And the thought is always going to be an I statement. In other words, I want to do this. I feel like that, right? I don't want to do this. See, it's, it's I because it has to mask itself like it, like the thought actually originated within you. Right. And this is why the Bible says, you know, take captive every thought. Right. You have to take captive every thought just because you had a thought. Do you understand that it doesn't mean that it was your thought? It's profound if you really think about it. The average person has thoughts. They just think the thoughts that they're thinking are their thoughts. 
which is what the devil wants people to think, right? But Christians are different in that the Bible tells us to take captive every thought, right? Bring every thought captive and submit it to the will of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're told to do. Why? Because you got to check your thoughts, man, because every thought that you think is not even your thought. Some thoughts originated outside of you. It was the enemy planting a thought in you. They shot you with a fiery dart. Boom, it struck home, struck target, went in your heart. The thought came up, I want to do this. It's always going to start with I. I wonder if I'm good enough. I wonder if I can make it. Oh, I hope I don't fail. This, all these I statements. But when you've disciplined yourself in the word of God, and you, you've practiced yourself taking thought, taking these thoughts captive. You know what thoughts are yours and you know what thoughts are not. So you know these foreign thoughts, right? This is another reason why the enemy wants people to, to operate in fear and get all stressed out. Why? Because, see, when you're quiet and you're focused, then you can tell the difference in the thought. In other words, you can tell one of these thoughts is not my thoughts. You know, there was there's a really, really um, I love this movie. It's called Inception. It's got Leonardo uh, DiCaprio in it. And and the long and the short of the movie is basically they have a, a technology to where Leonardo DiCaprio and his team of people can go inside people's dreams. And what they want to do is plant a dream. You, you know, they're inside a dream where they're inside the dream and they plant suggestions in there. But as long as they're in the dream, they kind of have to blend in. Right. But once you do something to where you don't blend in, the person's subconscious realizes like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's not right. There's something foreign in here. It doesn't belong. And then it's like that whole dream world just kind of like collapses. Right. Because the subconscious mind realized that. There was a thought that went in there and it wasn't supposed to be there. Like somebody stuck it in there. It didn't originate within that person. That's kind of how it is, right? So when you're quiet before the Lord, you're not allowing yourself to get really, really riled up, really, really hyped up or what, you know, you kind of keep a little even keel. Then when the thoughts come in, you will know it's like, hey, wait a minute. You'll hear the thought and it's like, wait a minute. That's not my thought. Mm -mm, that's not my thought. Oh, devil trying to be slick. Absolutely not. You're going to get away with that, right? So that's what happens. Okay. But when you're off kilter emotionally, your emotions are flying high. You're stressed out. You're in fear. You're angry. You know what? You can't hear it then. You, well, you can hear it, but you can't tell that it's not your thought. Thus, you accept the thought. I can't stand Jody. Ooh, I can't stand Harry. You know, he's always, he's always, you know, telling those corny jokes and laughing. They're not funny at all. I can't stand the guy. Right. And you're already an emotional wreck. You just accept the thought and you roll with it. Yeah, I can't stand Harry. I don't like Susie. No. Right. That's how he gets over. Okay. So. I'm quiet before the Lord. I make myself be quiet on, on my Sabbath. You know what I'm saying? So I'm 
peaceful. I'm quiet. I'm trained in how to take these thoughts captive. I'm not like a newbie on this. So, but the devil doesn't care about that. He's still, they still going to fire at you anyway. So pew, pew, two shots off the bow struck my heart. I heard a thought, man, I hope I can, I hope I don't mess up on this stuff. These are some pretty big contracts. I, I, I hope that I can, you know, pull these, pull these contracts off. You know, I hope I can close these deals. I said, what is that nonsense? That is not my thought. Good try, devil. The Lord rebuke you. Get up out of here. Fear, doubt, the Lord rebuke you. Get out in Jesus name. Those are not my thoughts, right? And I just sat, I kind of thought in the aftermath of it and I analyzed it. Because when the thought comes up, you feel a certain feel and it feels real. And what I felt was fear. I felt fear. Even though I just rebuked those things, the fear was kind of sitting there. And, you know, the question that occurred to me, thus leading to the title, right? The question that occurred to me was, where did this fear come from? Who? Who really taught me to fear? Where did fear come from? Because think about this. When you come out the wound, you're a baby. You, you don't know to be afraid. You understand that, right? You learn to be afraid. Who taught you these things? Who taught people to be afraid of things that go bump in the night? It was the devil. It was his army. It was his fallen angels. It was his demons. They have stories, folk tales, lore, right? They have all of these things to make you afraid of the things that go bump in the night. To make you afraid, period. It's the devil. You say, well, why? No, why, why would the devil do that? He wants you to be afraid, Right? Fear me, fear me, fear the devil, fear his demons, <laughs> fear, right? Why? To keep you in line. If you're afraid of Massa, if you're afraid of him, then you won't step out of line because you're afraid. But Jesus told you, one, right? He did not give you a spirit of fear. If you are a Christian, where is this fear coming from? Don't argue for it. Don't give it justifications. Where is this fear coming from? Since, not if Jesus, but since Jesus Christ himself said, he did not give you. Well, that actually was not Jesus Christ. That actually was Paul. Okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Timothy. Timothy said this, but remember, the scripture is inspired by God, right? So godly men being inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. Thus, I can say Jesus said it. Okay, it is the word of God. God said he did not give you a spirit of fear. Now, if you're not a Christian, this does not apply to you, right? You're not God's people. Sorry to say it's the truth, right? You're fair game for these demons. You're fair game, easy pickings for Satan and his fallen angel. You may think that you're not, but you are. 
You don't have protection. You're just a human. You can't fend off a demon. You can't fend off a fallen angel. They laugh at you, please. They're, they're, humans are nothing before them, right? Nothing. But if you have Jesus, see, that's a whole different ball of wax. You have Jesus's protection. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have the word of God inside of you. It is different. Jesus says, and again, it's the word of God. Thus, thus I'm saying it's Jesus because it is the word of God. He is the word of God. <laughs> Jesus says, right? God has not given you a spirit of fear. God says this. God has not given you a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. But see, if you don't take that to heart, if you just quote the scripture, but you didn't actually really, really sit down and think about it, why would God tell me that? God said he didn't give me a spirit of fear. Well, since God didn't give me a spirit of fear, where is all this fear coming from? And why is it coming? It's coming from the devil. It's coming from the prince of the power of the air himself and his army because they want you to be immobilized. That's why. You understand that? See, once you understand, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that I really didn't teach myself to be afraid? Something taught me to be afraid since I was a little child. Something that taught you to be afraid so that it could control you. It can make you more docile, docile, right? It would make you less of a threat, right? If you look at this, it's the whole thing with the elephant. How do they train up an elephant for the circus? What they used to do is they take the baby elephant and they, they tie it up to like a wooden pole, some type of a pole, right? Well, you know, when the elephant was much bigger, of course, it could pull down a whole like a whole tent or something, right? But a little baby elephant didn't have strength. It wasn't strong enough. And so it, it tries, it tries to get free. And then it sees it's just not strong enough to pull that thing. And so the elephant gets bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger and massive until it is, is huge and so crazy strong, right? But it's mine. It doesn't know to think any differently. It believed when it was a child that it could not move that thing. It can't get free from it. And thus it doesn't even try. God has given each believer so much power in the Holy Ghost. He's given us weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the Bible says, but are mighty through God to the power of pulling down strongholds, casting down vain imaginations, and every other high thing that would exalt itself above the knowledge of the Most High God. See, our weapons are dangerous. And the Bible says, Behold, I have given unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, this is the legacy. This is what we're working with. This is the firepower that every believer has in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. But if you don't believe that, if you've been trained to believe the fear that comes up, you won't walk in it. You'll be scared. I've heard Christians, oh, don't don't pray against, don't pray that because you know the devil's going to do this and that. I don't care. What? I am anointed. I am a child of the most high God. I have authority given from Christ himself. 
If something is in my house, I'm going to tell it to get out in the name of Jesus. Or, you know, you should be scared because, you know, you it's two in the morning. You might see a demon. I, a, a demon better not be up in my house at no two in the morning because it's going to get put out in the name of Jesus. Do you understand that? It is about knowing your authority in Christ. Jesus has given you authority. You, you may say, well, I don't know what authority is. You do know what authority is. Listen, if you are an adult, and you've been driving a car or whatever, you've seen a police officer uh, maybe directing traffic, right? When the police officer steps in front of your car and he sticks the hand out or he or she sticks their hand out to tell you to stop, do you keep going or do you stop? You stop. Why do you stop? You stop because you recognize that person's authority. The government has given authority to these police officers, which I'm sorry to say many are abusing that, but the Lord's going to deal with them. Y'all going to see, watch, he's going to deal with all of them. But at any rate, there's authority. You recognize the authority. They have the authority to pull you over. They have the authority to give you a ticket. They have the authority maybe to lock you up or an impound your car, depending upon what you're doing. Authority is granted from the governing body to people beneath the governing body. Jesus has given his people authority to use his name. Right? Right? When you, we, we pray in the name of Jesus, we command the spirits in the name of Jesus, right? You lay hands on somebody and pray in the name of Jesus, right? That's how it goes. Peter says, you know, that there was the, the beggar out and, you know, oh, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. He says, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ arise pick up your mat and walk see what is that authority jesus gave him authority to use his name jesus gave you authority to use his name jesus gave me authority to use his name we have authority so it doesn't make it well you know these demons are very old these angels they're very old like don't disrespect them you know what I'm saying? Don't be calling them out of their name because that's sin and it's going to it's going to open up a door and they're going to jack you up. But you can take authority. You don't have to be afraid of these things. You tell them in the name of Jesus Christ, get out. Because you have authority. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid in the very thought that's inside the, of your gut or in your mind telling you, no, 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 I should be, I, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to see the demon. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, 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 I'm afraid. Where did that come from? These things are playing you. They're playing the body of Christ. They've been doing that mess to us since we was little kids. Right? They know what you're afraid of. Why? Because they're the ones that planted it there in the first place. Hoping just like with that little baby elephant, you get it in your mind that you can't be free. You can't go up against these things. They're too scary. They're too big. They're too old. They're too powerful. They don't want you to walk in the authority. They don't want you to actually ask the question that you really need to ask. The most important question that you never asked yourself is, where did this fear come from?
It didn't come from you. It came from something else outside of you that's trying to control you and manipulate you to stop you from doing what the Lord created you to do. That is it. So I want to encourage you today, honestly, seriously. I, I was thinking I'm, I was feeling kind of kind of tired tonight. I mean, it's almost it's, well, it's 1230 at night now, but. I thought to make this this podcast and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm kind of tired. I don't know. But then I thought about the. I thought about what I wanted to talk about, and I'm like, you know, what, Holy Ghost, please help me. Help me, please. Give me your strength. Help me to do this. And please, please help me do this. Right. This is an important message that the body of Christ, even mature believers. Right. You have to ask yourself, where did this come from? And the answer is it did not come from you. Now, you might say, well, you know, when I was five, this and that happened and I was a little bit afraid. It's like you can find reasons. But the bottom line is the enemy used that to explain he's exploiting you. Get rid of the fear. Get rid of the fear. You stand up in the name of Jesus. You say it out loud. Devil, you're a liar. I am not afraid of this. I am not afraid of that. The Lord, the Lord rebuke you fear in the name of Jesus. It is written. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and of a sound mind. You are a liar and the truth is not in you. You speak that thing out. You walk boldly in the power and the authority that Jesus has given to you as a believer, as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. Don't you understand? You are a believer in Christ. Your name is written in the book of life. You are a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. This is why the Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Why? Because we are of the kingdom of heaven. We're underneath the mandate, the kingdom of heaven. We belong to him. We don't belong to Satan. We don't belong to this world, right? The sooner you understand that and the sooner you believe that and the sooner you walk in that power, the better. Get rid of the fear. OK, so I went a little longer than I usually like to go. I like to try and keep these messages down to 30 minutes. But you know what? It is what it is. Right. It's so vital. You must get this. You must get this. It's just like the horse with with the reins. Right. You, you, you got the the what's that call? Is it is it a bridle or a bid or I think it's a rein? I, I don't I don't ride horses. I don't know the, the terminology. Right. But, you know, you're on the horse and you've got the thing. It's in the horse's mouth and you're you're, you're yanking the neck this way or that way to make the horse move. Right. It's that. That's what the fear is. The fear is the devil is using the fear to make you go this way or to make you go that way or to stop and back up. Right. Man, you got to you got to get rid of that. Right. Get rid of that fear. You speak it out. Remember to use the name of Jesus and remember that Jesus is God and he gave the authority to you. You are like that police officer. You have a badge in a sense. You have a gun in a sense. Right. You are a registered officer of the law. Satan and his little merry band of criminals. They are criminals. Right. 
They doing stuff that they don't got no right to do. Or they got a right because people are in sin and now by default they have a right. But guess what? You can step on a scene and take charge. In the name of Jesus, I said go. And you mean that thing and they will go. Okay? So there it is. There it is. So I hope that this helps. I hope that this helps. I hope that you guys take this to heart. I really pray that God would bless this message. It's not about my eloquent speech or nothing like that. I'm depending totally on the Holy Ghost to convict and to touch each heart, right? Jesus died so that we can be free. He doesn't want you in the, in, in the bondage of fear. It's, it's, it's a waste, right? It doesn't have to be. Not on you as a believer. Man of God, you don't have to walk in fear. Get rid of it. Woman of God, you don't have to walk in fear. Get rid of it. Do not accept it. You said a lot. I am not in agreement with this fear. I'm not in agreement with fear. God did not give me a spirit of fear. He didn't give it to you. Then where did it come from? It came from outside of you. Something is trying to manipulate you. Right. All right. That's that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. OK, OK, OK. So anyway, hey, please remember, always remember, right? Submit yourself unto God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. OK, I love you with the love of the Lord. Until next time. Aloha. Be blessed.